everybody. Welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. My name is John Humiston. I'm your host. And if you're watching on YouTube, uh, the studio is a little bit more packed than usual. Uh, it's not just Pastor Nick and I. In fact, we have double what's yeah. Going in here. here we go. Double trouble. So, Pastor Mikey um, and Pastor Gabe from Crossroads Community Church in Vancouver, Washington, have joined us uh, because they've been with us for our conference all week. Yeah. And so, this is going to be a unique, different, off the walls. Go. It's going to be everything the breakdown normally is. Our perfect the first outsiders in the in the breakdown. Yes. Oh, Sue, so let's go. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Nice. Let's go. Let's go. And so, uh, starting with Sunday, um, yeah. let's start there. Gabe, you preached on Sunday to kick off uh, the conference. Yeah. Um, so, Cal Conference kicked off. Uh, walk us through the whole uh, the whole theme of the conference, right. Acre Points yeah. of the Faith. Yeah, I know that when Nick and, and the, the three of us were kind of talking, was that when you guys were in Vancouver? When you guys went out to visit, we teased the idea of a conference? We, yeah, we yeah. teased the idea. Okay. And then we started workshopping some ideas. Yep. And at some point that you guys landed on anchor points of the faith. And so, you know, that was a big thing for me. Or what are the uh, the essential anchor points of the faith? But from a distance from Vancouver, Washington, where we're watching you guys. Yeah. We see that there's like a, a launching out uh, of this church specifically. You guys reaching your community. Um, of course, we've, you guys have seen explosive growth. And yeah. that comes with its own pains and, and challenges. Challenges, Yeah. Uh, but I just felt in, in, in preparing for the conference, I wanted to, since I wanted to frame the conference with the birthplace of the first church, yeah. mm-hmm. the, the early church. So Acts chapter two, I felt like it was bold and it was uh, bold. Yeah. I was like, it's great. <laughs> well, what I, I didn't know, cause I was, I was late doing my homework was that you had touched on Pastor Nick the previous Sunday, a little bit on Acts chapter two. Yeah. And so you had done a lot of the legwork there. And I loved Acts chapter two because everyone focuses in on tongues. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, what's the method? Yeah. Is it press? Is it not? And it's like, let's just focus on Jesus. Yeah. And if we focus on Jesus, that's the best possible launch for any church. I love where you took usually a very divisive passage within Christ. I mean, there's there's churches that won't even partner and do ministry <laughs> because of oh, yeah, yeah. how they view that. So it's a very divisive. And then, you know, a, a big part of your message was about unifying. Yeah. And I thought that was just a great paradox, like using the passage that usually causes division. You know, let's talk about the unity of the church. Yeah. And our senior pastor back home, Pastor Daniel Fusco, shout out PD, um, affectionately referred to as PD. Yeah. He, uh, you know, he always says, you know, that we are, that we're strategic on kind of those hot button issues and we try to thread the needle uh, as Jesus did. Oftentimes Jesus didn't answer questions the way they were asked to him. He'd be like, actually, I see it this way, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that that was that was something that I think it is important to say that as a church, a divided church has no message for a divided community. And yeah. we talked about that all of a sudden. It's like let's just begin on the essentials. Let's be united because as Jesus, we're united in Him, and and that's a bold message. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, one of the crazy things for me was like it was kind of a long shot. Mm-hmm. It was like that game winning kind of shot. Like I wonder if we could get Gabe oh, to come. Really? Because already a Chiefs fan, so like you're always going to have a place. I think qualified me. Yeah, there you are. So always have a place in our heart here. But I was like, I wonder if Gabe would come in. And so we we reached out and you were like, I think this might actually work. I think mm. this could happen. Yeah. And and we were in a transition of trying to find a worship pastor. Yeah. And so thinking through, because you guys have such a great worship team mm. at Crossroads. That was I, neat how that worked out with Mike. Because I, yeah. I was honestly thinking like, maybe there's like a second 
third tier kind of guy that's like, you know what, we can throw, we can throw something like this. It's like, here's a discipleship opportunity, like to travel with Pastor mm-hmm. Gabe, like how cool would this be? Yeah. And the first thing he says, he's like, dude, I'm going to ask Pastor Mikey. I'm yeah. like, the guy? Like the huh? guy. I remember, I remember Nick walking into the studio and going, like when everything kind of finalized, he was like, dude, <laughs> Mikey's coming with. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like it was just like more than like icing and a cherry on on the oh. cake or whatever. And it was a two second conversation between. It was, it was really. It was you want to you want to go to you know yeah. like the Ozarks. I was like yes. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And that. Yeah. Cool. I feel like years ago, Mikey, you were like, hey, when you and Daniel travel, if ever you want me to tag along and be yeah. a worship person, I'd love to come. And yeah. so that I always mm-hmm. I filed that away. Oh, nice. So Pastor Daniel, the, he hasn't traveled as much anymore. Yeah. It's just kind of the season that he's in. But when we first got to CrossFit, I mean, he was, he was speaking at a ton of golf. Traveling all the time. Yeah. Of course, COVID kind of altered people's yeah. travel plans and, and such. But uh, but I always remember that, you know, that you were willing to come with and and uh, the opportunity mm-hmm. came up. So I was like, I, I know exactly the guy. Yeah. And so like, what a boss move too. Cause like, you know, you, walking into churches, at least for me, I've done that. Walking in, never have spoke at this church before mm-hmm. and being a guest speaker, but you're like, you're on your own and that's kind of easy, you know, like it's mm-hmm. just you, but to come in and you're leading a whole team for yeah. worship and the worship mm-hmm. at the conference has been lights out. To, uh, it's been great. And Let so, us on the chat. I'm glad you think yeah. so. <laughs> yes, very much so. So to have like great worship and then great teaching, like every night that we've, or every session that we've had and go home at night and just talk about it, like me and my son, yeah, digging into it, other people texting and like, it is really stirring mm-hmm. well. And so excited for one more night. So yeah, great worship. I think takes great preparation. And so I think kind of what I always enjoy about Mikey, I think is supremely talented vocally, you know, musically, Amen. but the leadership, like there's, there's blessing and then there's anointing, mm-hmm. which I think is like blessing plus. Yeah. Uh, and there's an anointing the way he commands the stage. So that, that's what I've loved him working mm-hmm. with your guys' team. And yeah. you guys have a super coachable, teachable team. Let me yeah, you really do. comment yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I really do. Oh, yeah, it was super easy. Yeah, you guys, your guys were awesome. No, yeah, that's crazy. They did that's... their homework. It seemed like. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. Walking in anytime there's a band that knows what they're doing, it makes it way easier. Makes my job super easy. So the uh, couple of guys from the worship team. So on Sunday, another cool little facet that I was like, "Ooh, we'll see how this goes." Is you played an original from Crossroads mm-hmm. that you guys wrote. Yep. It was for yep. your church, and you guys brought it here. And uh, talking to a couple of people on the worship team, they're like, "All the other songs, like, yes, I want to learn my parts and I want to be prepared." But like, I don't want to butcher their song. <laughs> song. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Their song. Like, yeah. I'm going to honor anything. It's like, yeah, we're going to do well on their song. Yeah. So that was kind no, of your fun. team nailed it. Yeah. So they, uh, my son got to drum and he said, I probably spent all of my time, half of it was on all the other songs and whole half of his preparation was just generous. That's great. Yeah. Well, writing original music, I think has been the secret sauce to the, uh, one of the secret sauces uh, to the success of our worship culture. Maybe you could speak to that a little bit about the philosophy behind writing originals and what that does to- Because that's unique. To galvanize musicians. Yeah. I mean, it's gone through a few different iterations. I think uh, we we had a time period where it was really open to anybody on the team who had an interest in writing. There was a time period where it was pretty exclusive. And then now we're back to- like it's very much if anybody has an interest, they're included in the group, um, and so I mean it really brings relational equity between people. Um, it allows people to get to know each other in a more intimate way. When you're writing a song, like you kind of hear people's hearts, especially if they're bringing a song idea. Um, you know, it comes usually from a place of personal journey, yeah. and so you're hearing someone's heart, and so it kind of just brings more unity within the worship team. And and usually that's just like the songwriters 
the musicians, we then do what we call demo nights, but we'll bring in uh, musicians from our team and then we'll take a song that we think might have something and we'll we'll demo in the studio. Um, and then that may or may not get recorded, but uh, but that also brings like when you play as a group and you're creating parts together, uh, it brings unity as well. So yeah, I think that, that definitely helps build the culture yeah, and our team. level of ownership too. Now yeah. Mm-hmm. created yeah they now feel invested they yeah it's their song part of them that's good now was there like so when you hear the calvary chapel movement mm. which you know really kind of paved a way for some more that modern was, worship yeah. in that um i remember the stories because obviously i wasn't there right i don't think any of us yeah, any of us the were, were there those were original the music like yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. yeah. but they the, you know some of these hippies that were already playing that style of music they just used the music of their day let's go and they started writing their own songs and they remember they went to like pastor chuck and said hey here's some music that we're writing that's our music but yeah. um, for the lord and like he really even though that wasn't his style of music right he honored that so was there like a like did you take it to pd or the exec team and be like guys you know was there an audition like yeah, he, he's the one that started the record label oh was it yeah really? yeah pastor daniel was like we need to start a record label what? and uh, so it started before i even got there it started about nine ish years ago 10 years ago now and uh and i was before i was the worship pastor i was just an artist signed to the record label yeah. um that's how i got in in contact with crossroads so mm-hmm. i lived somewhere totally different and i just came down and guest led for as an artist um, so yeah, but they was know that about Daniel. Yeah, he was a studio musician. I mean, yeah, that's what he's he's trained. Yeah, uh, touring jazz musician, touring jazz musician, and so I think he's very pro music. Would yeah, you know that? yeah, yeah. Um, and you can kind of see that in his preaching style. It's very improvisational. Like yeah. he's super comfortable in. Oh, we're gonna go this way now. Yeah, and uh, I think it's all of us trying to embrace that. And I think we've also been really blessed. And we were we were joking about this. I think at lunch the other day how many people on staff are musical, have a mm-hmm. musical background. I think a lot of us are worship leaders that got hired on yeah. to staff positions and then raised up into positions that we never thought we'd permanently be in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. We said that when we were out there, it's like yeah. everybody sings and plays an instrument. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said, it was so long. Like, hey, you can't work here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's You're saying, like, but sing and play is totally. Because my pastor always used to tell us, be ready to preach, pray, sing, or die. And I was like, how about three out of four? <laughs> Can I, yeah, yes, I can't sing. How about three out of four? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'll die for Jesus, but I can't sing for Jesus. So, oh, I'm recording that. That's, yeah. that's, that's fire. That'll preach. <laughs> That'll preach. Yeah, that's good. Nice. That's good. Um, I'm interested from your seat. My seat? Yeah, uh, what it's like to to take a back seat. Oh. From being the lead guy to come and sit under teaching. <laughs> uh, and you, you've kind of addressed this for those that have come, yeah. you know, to the conference. But what's it like uh, to be the guy who's um, not the guy for yeah. the, you know, the conference. There's, there's two different sides to it. So sometimes like, uh, if somebody's filling in, I'll have that feeling of like, I want to be in the game. Yeah. So let's, let's stick with our Mahomes football heritage yeah. that we have here. Right. Preach. Like even if he's injured or if he's like, he wants to be in the game. And even in the Super Bowl, we saw that with like Kelsey and Reed. Oh yeah. That, that was the, I love how we're doing this, by the way. This key, you let it, yeah, yeah, exactly. This would work so well, correct? I'm a Seahawks fan, so I want to be in the game. Like this this is important. I want to be in. Like, put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. I think that's a song. Um, Yeah. So, so sometimes I feel that. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, I would have said it different. I would have said this. I would have added that. But what I think the Lord was even doing in my heart was like, hey, at this conference, like at best, you're going to MC. And I played a little bass just to one to kind of offset the team a little bit. Yeah. 
and to play with my son, which yeah. is always a great opportunity to do that. So always kind of fun. And so I, I kind of knew coming into it, like, I'm not going to do anything, which like at some of these Calvary Chapel conferences, like usually the hosting church pastor right. will speak into it mm-hmm. and they'll have a session and there's nothing wrong with that. Love that. But I think the Lord really hit me. It's like, no, no, no. Like I, I got a word um, for the church, but it's going to be through Gabe mm. in you to sit. And one of the key things too, uh, and I think you mentioned this, Mikey, because um, I had like wrapped up one of the sessions and I had mentioned something that stood out to me. And this has mm-hmm. been with, you know, the message, which is true. It did. Mm. Um, and you had said, you know, just the, just that view that, man, their senior pastor was paying attention, sitting there, soaking it in, like, and not trying to like, I want to lead by example, but just like, no, I'm a dude that needs to hear the word of God mm-hmm. preach. I need the spirit to move in my heart, mm-hmm. but just how impactful that could be mm-hmm. to the congregation to see. And so that was kind of, for me, uh, at this conference has been great just to sit and get poured into. Mm-hmm. Um, he said a few things that's like, it hit me in the gut. That I, mm-hmm. um, So my wife wasn't at one of the sessions. Yeah. We watched it again last night yep. and it hit just as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're late in bed. We're on a phone and watching it. And, and I told her, I said, hey, watch it first. And then I want to talk with you about the part that really hit. And so hearing it again, I was like, I thought it'd be soft uh, the <laughs> second time around. And it, oh, it wasn't. Just yeah, singing is just as bad. And so I've really enjoyed that. And then what I kind of brought up to the congregation one of the times was, he goes, you know, the breakdown and we have an online campus, mm-hmm. which um, a, a big shout out mm-hmm. to Pastor Gabe because uh, a big heart for me to look at like an online campus, which was happening even at my previous church. And then I came here, like that's where me and me was right. That connection. Yeah. Was talking about online and this was all pre-COVID. Right. So this wasn't like, hey, we're trying to pivot because, right. and everybody's going digital. It was going digital to say like, hey, how can we, we be reaching more people yeah. with the message of Jesus? Well, dude, com- I mean, yeah, I know you wouldn't say this about yourself, but that's a reflection of your visionary leadership. Mm-hmm. I think you looked at technology. You know, one of my favorite kind of thinkers right now, he said, in order to predict the future, all you need to do is see the present clearly. And I think you looked around and you're like, people are logging in online. That's a space that maybe a lot of churches relate to. And I think you've always been that kind of visionary leadership. You're looking two, three, five, 10 years down the line. You're like, we need to be in that space. Yeah. So I think that's a result of you saying, I want to step into that. No, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So, and it was good for, and I brought up to the congregation, like for me, I sit, and my wife even encourages me like, hey, are you sitting under teaching? Mm -hmm. Well, I can't do that on a Sunday morning Mm -hmm. because nine times out of 10, I'm preaching. Mm -hmm. But where am I sitting and receiving the word and so for me, my discipleship mm-hmm. is being in an online wow. campus. Mm-hmm. And there's there's two of you guys in Crossroads. So yeah. let it be uh, obviously PD, who's right. the main. Yeah. Uh, you're, you'll teach. I've mm-hmm. heard that. Pastor Amira. Amira. Uh, shout out Pastor Amira. Yeah, you, you, you. Trip. She'll bring a good word. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I sit there. And then the other one is uh, Ed Taylor out of Orwell and Pastor Ed. Dude. Great heart. Yes. Great heart. He's speaking at the conference you and I will be at yes. and next week. Down in Tucson. Exactly. So so for me, it's like if we as churches, if just normal people coming to church, are like, why do we have an online campus? And like, just remember, like, your senior pastor, like, that's a big uh, aspect of his own spiritual growth is I'm a part of online campuses where... I couldn't go to Crossroads every Sunday or even midweek to receive teaching or, you know, Calvary Church in Aurora with Ed, mm-hmm. but I can stay in the Lake of the Ozarks, keep doing my ministry, but have these guys that 
man, really dice up the word well yeah. and pour it into me. So I also think too, like, yeah, it, it feeds the pastor and other people who typically attend and are working during a church service. But then you got to think about unchurched people, right? Yeah. So one of the ways that this makes sense to me is like my wife and I, we really try to be good with our finances, good stewards. And so before we go check out a restaurant, I go online and yeah. have reviews. And I want to jump on their Instagram and look at what does the food look like? You know, where was this a food truck before that went brick and mortar? Yeah. Not so successful. You want to have um, an encounter before you have an experience. And that's what online ministry is, I think, for a lot of people. We have people, I spoke to a lady two weeks ago. Hey, my daughter identifies as homosexual. Would she be safe in your church? And I, you know, went down that rabbit trail. But number one thing, I said, hey, have her watch online. Yeah. before she even sets foot in the church. Listen to a couple messages. And if she has any questions, here's my email. Here's my phone number. Have her call me, yeah. you know? Um, because I, I really do believe that. People have to have some kind of encounter uh, before they have an experience with the living God. And if it's true about restaurants, because we're all on fixed budgets and we yeah. want to be stewards, it's like, I want to do all my research on the front end. Uh, the last thing I want to do is be mysterious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how disheartening is it when you go to a restaurant and you're expecting really good food? <laughs> yeah, and it's, it, it is tanks and it's like, oh. Like we we could have stayed home and made better food. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Frozen pizzas. <laughs> oh, so yeah, it's a long answer to your question. I, it's been great for me just to sit off to the side, and I think allowing uh, the other staff and the body and people that are, and I'm just going to call it more gifted than me. Like, Amen. You know, <laughs> even my son. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even my son said that he goes. I think Gabe is my favorite Bible teacher <laughs> oh ever, and he's looking right at me. I've been his youth pastor. Is already yeah. He's like, hey, I love you. You're a close second, but I'm like, hey, I'll I'll, I'll take second place to Gabe any day of the week. So no, it's good. I've loved it. So it's been great. Right on. And I think it it lends to uh, your your heart as a leader to be willing to not make it about you mm -hmm. and to lay that down and to say, I like you do that with us as staff, you know, really well, like, Hey, you need the ministry as much as you need to lead the ministry, mm -hmm. you know? And so for you to take a back seat and not just a back seat, like, Hey, we're going to bring Gabe in. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stay home, spend time with my family, which I could make a really good argument. You, sh you know, you could and should do, mm. but to be like, no, Hey, I'm going to be a part of the body. I'm going to sit under the teaching. I'm going to worship with my church family. Um, like that's been cool to sit in the back and go like, that's my pastor mm, sitting yeah. under a uh, really good teaching, really good worship. And, and I think it, it shows, uh, the heart of who you are as a mm -hmm. leader. Um, which is, you know, one of the things we say here at Calvary is like everything communicates. Come on. And so for you to non-verbally communicate, like, Hey, I'm, I'm where I sit almost every Sunday yep. and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to take notes. I'm going to learn alongside because I'm no better. I'm no different. You know, I'm, I'm a human being who needs the word of God yeah. and needs grace. Um, and so that's been, that's been yeah. fun to watch and to so, see. That's a Paul trip, um, out of dangerous calling, mm -hmm. which is a great, such a great book. He says, you know, we as pastors, like, even though we lead in the ministries of the body of Christ does not mean that we don't need mm -hmm. the ministries mm -hmm. of the yeah. body of Christ. Yep. And it's a unique position that we're in, but how quickly sometimes we can feel, oh, I lead in those, so I don't, and I'm outside of them and I don't need them. So like- Surely no one's ever felt that. Oh like, yeah. Oh, man. So like our life group, we, me and my wife don't lead our own life group. That's you know, cool. that's an intentionality in there. And, and the people that do lead it say that, like, we want you to be normal people in life groups. So it's like, hey, what stood out to you in the sermon? And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, well, this is what stood out to me. Yeah. And the first couple of times people were like, 
hold on, but you were preaching. I'm like, mm. yeah, but it, like this part still stood out to me, you know? Mm. So it took a little bit normal. So we talk about Pastor Nick like he's not in the room, yeah. which is kind of funny. Yeah. No, that, that, I think that that's powerful and it's so important for it, in ministry, but in whoever, it's like you need to be in an environment sometimes where you're surrounded by people who don't want anything from you. <laughs> and I think in ministry, our value is I need to be needed, I, you know, and, and uh, you can become addicted to that. Um, and so, yeah, whether you're in ministry or not, I think it's helpful just to be around normal people who want nothing from you, uh, who are learning alongside of you and, and you can grow a great way that way. Uh, that's good. Um, okay. So what you guys do ministry in the Pacific Northwest. Come on. And if there was any area, Duran, that if you could move to. Oh my gosh. Let's get, let's get where, where do you go? I, unfortunately, I'd have to leave my wife here. She's made that a point. <laughs> okay. 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 It would be Portland, Seattle, Pacific. Let's, okay. All right. All right. That so is you, you guys are living his dream. Right cool. Now. And when cool. we came up, when we came up last year, I flew in yeah. and was like, this isn't heaven. <laughs> oh, <well, I> just... <laughs> and we left. There was a couple of times I'd call my wife yeah. and, and she'd be like, how is it? And I was like, babe, it's more, it's everything and more than what I bet. <laughs> ah, and she's like, are you coming home? And it's like, <laughs> I don't know that I am. Like, oh just, yeah. It's wild. Like, because we landed, and the first thing we did, like, that day, we checked in the hotel, and then yeah. it was like, let's go, we go hiking. We went so Gabe. Yeah, yeah, so me. And then you were asking me a bunch of questions just about my kind of life and story. Mm. And so we're talking and hiking, and, and you were just kind of behind us, just like having a oh, moment. Oh, that's yeah. great. You went having it. It was awesome. You just look back, and he was just like, in, it literally in the heavens. Mm. It was. So it was very interesting, because uh, being in... Uh, Bible Belt, uh, protected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I try to stay as disconnected from the news as possible. Just mm. a personal view of mine. Yeah, yeah. Um, that doesn't mean I still don't get information. Right. So it was sure. very interesting to see and hear things about wow. Portland or about the Pacific Northwest um, and my preconceived notions coming in. Mm-hmm. I really thought that I was going to walk into like some Sodom and Gomorrah, yes. uh, yeah. Nineveh, sure, yeah. some desolate, yeah. oh. not third world country, but just like war zone. Yes, <laughs> very. You know, you walk in and then there you you felt different. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Like it was when we were driving around. It's like oh, there's a church like a mile down the road from you guys. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Another church. Oh, yeah. And it's like yeah. hold on, wait a second. I thought this was like. The most anti-Christian. Yeah. And so it was very interesting for me to have that walking into it going, okay, I might have bought into and believed some things that that probably are true, but not to the degree right. of, of what I thought they were or what I, I've been. So all that to say, what is it like doing ministry? Yeah. I'm, I'm a transplex. I'm going to put into Mikey. Let him go first. I mean, he grew up in the... Mikey's like... I, I was going to say, yeah, I knew you were a transplant. Yeah. I was wondering about yeah. Mikey. I didn't. He, I mean... I mean, it's so, I mean, but every, every part of the Northwest is different. So if you go to Seattle, right, that area, it's a lot of the churches are business oriented. There's a lot of Boeing and Microsoft and Amazon. And so the churches feel different there. Uh, People will go to church, but it's not like a vibrant Christian lifestyle. You go to Vancouver where we actually have a lot of uh, uh, Ukrainian and Russian and Slavic churches in the area. So it's very Christian, uh, but at some points there can also be a lack of depth. It's just like a cultural thing. Um, not everyone is like that, but that's a huge part of even even Crossroads. We have a lot of people that just kind of come. Um, and then, you know, then you've got the really, really deep Christians as well. 
um, that are are the ones that are plugged in. So I think it's 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 kind of like everywhere else you're going to have that kind of. But for us in the Northwest, the thing that we fight is uh, it's a very open place. So everyone is open to spirituality, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily open to Jesus. So they may go like, oh yeah, God, yeah. Um, or oh yeah, like I, I'm spiritual, um, but they trust more in their rocks uh, than they do and, and maybe a savior. So um, that is the, the the thing we fight in in the Northwest. Now, Vancouver and Portland are, are separated by a river so there's drastically different, like if you go to Portland, like we work with a lot of churches in Portland, I guess lead it several churches in Portland when I get the chance. Um, and it is like, like the, one of the churches that I used to guest lead at all the time, um, their main ministry is the homeless. Like that is what they are surrounded by. The, the, the street over from where they are, there's, you know, people on, on fentanyl, like right, right next to them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of Portland these days, especially since 2020, yep. uh, Portland is kind of is boarded up like businesses are leaving mainstay businesses are leaving. So it's a completely different ministry down there mm-hmm. than even in Vancouver. And we're only 15 minutes away. Yeah. So that's the Northwest. The Northwest is drastically different and every city or, or county has their own battle they're facing. Uh, as as a church or or as a pastor, yeah. The reality, like where Crossroads is too, we, we were talking about this for population wise in our in our county. You know, only I think it's less than ten percent of the people are at church on Sunday yep. in our uh-huh. county. Yeah. And so, you know, what we want to do is reach the unreached, the least engaged, and want to engage the unengaged, and reach the unreached. And so, you know, I love that Pastor Daniel. He doesn't consider transferred growth growth. Like when churches, when people leave one church, go to another church, is like that's it count we're not reaching lost people the goal is lost people yeah so we want to go swimming in that other 96 percent of people who yeah. aren't engaged with jesus or a faith community yeah i would say there's probably more churches than there are christians like like <laughs> we we have more christians per per capita than like wow. like well there's so many cr- churches in vancouver but there's only like ten thousand people plugged into a church on a Sunday, God. and we have like almost half a million people that live in the city so it's so low it's, it's low it's not church yeah yeah, yeah. Where are we? Yeah. <laughs> so sex, close second. I, we, my wife has uh, a lot of groups that, you know, she's kind of a part of online. Mm-hmm. And one of, she has like a pastor's wife. Mm. One that's, it's a really good space for her. And, cool. and she's probably been a, another big person that's been pushing me with that digital kind of mm. platform mm. and stuff. But they were talking, um, and some of these wives were moving out of kind of the West Coast, let it be California or what, coming to the Midwest. And they were finding ministry so difficult because maybe in California is kind of how they said it. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you, you're following Jesus or you're not. Like there's a real good, mm-hmm. a little bit more black and whiteness mm-hmm. to that. Where when they came to the Midwest, what they were finding is like people think they're safe because they have a toe in the church mm-hmm. and trying to walk through like, uh, you know, it, it is a it is a little bit um, heritage in a sense. Oh yeah, we we grew up Christian. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, or my parents were Christian. There's a lot of like Christian. unlearning that needs to happen in order for de- deep discipleship yeah. to happen. Because then when you start asking them like, oh, you know, about you know putting their faith and their trust in Jesus, you see like deer in the headlights, like, oh, what's this about? And it's like, mm-hmm. ooh, that quickly obviously determines where we're at in that. So that's a yeah, a little bit kind of a hard thing for us is we don't have many people that don't know a little bit of Bible. Mm. They all have a mm. fairly found, you know, yeah. even when we were kids, like something that happens now is at the Lake area, all the different churches that have VBS, the parents will strategically like take their kids to all of them 
for the, oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. the daycare. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, like, yeah. oh, are we going to offload them for a few hours? Let's go. So they all have a little bit of a foundational understanding because of things like that. Yeah. But then when they grow up, you know, VBS theology is going to work at Florida. Well, and I think, you know, our, our, our middle school guy said this in a sermon I had, like in my position, I probably didn't even begin saying what I do at Crossroads. So let's not lay. Yeah. I'm executive pastor of ministry. So part of my job is to oversee the pastoral team. We have about nine pastors and I float around and, and visit ministries and give input and help out where needed. And then I'm a part of the teaching team and oversee the online ministry. But couple of weeks ago, I was just kind of auditing the middle school teaching and in our middle school, a guy said this and I thought it was so good. He said, too many of us have repented enough to be saved, but not enough to be changed. Mm-hmm. And I think like, I know that's from our, that's from our middle school guy. Shout uh, out Jamin. Yeah. Cal Conference 25, Jamin. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Gabe, you were good. That break day on help. Jamin spit starts. But Dang. you know, the, the idea is I think that's not a, a regional thing. I think that's like a, a, a an epidemic in, in the Christian movement, yeah. if we want to call it that. And um, what I appreciate about the Northwest, even though it is statistically the most difficult place to, to, to reach people, is that there's like this mentality that there's so few churches, so we band together a lot. Mm-hmm. And so there is a lot of collaborative, a lot of our worship leaders, like volunteers, guest lead at a lot we resource a lot of churches nice. and I, I did love i do currently love that so much about the pacific northwest because we know that yeah there's not only people who have repented enough to be saved but not enough to be changed so there's that but then there's also yeah unengaged people and it's also harsh politically uh harsh geographically seasonally as well mm-hmm. uh, for us churches empty out in the summer so for you guys what i understand churches grow in the summer because there's out-of-towners and whatnot but but in the Pacific Northwest, the, once the sun comes out, people stop going to church. Yeah, and so that's that might so rain do you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah, so, a good rainy. So that's kind of a, a, an interesting thing, yeah. and um, I love that that a lot of churches band together. We go to each other's events um, for the most part. And yeah, I've I've appreciated that in a difficult kind of a area, hard mm-hmm. soil. No, that's good. Sorry, we need that. Yeah, we're we're over here just like soaking it in. There's so many little things that like Gabe has just so many great little one liners <laughs> that we're always like when we were up there, we'd lean over and be like, write that down. That was so good. And like, it's like a running yeah. Twitter, uh, t- Twitter feed. <laughs> yeah, so I'm trying to remember a couple of things that he said. I don't want to lose them. So um, X, formerly known as Twitter. X, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's great. So what's it been like for you guys? Coming to the Midwest, like you, you've been here, I know that a, a couple yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, you made yep. it to a huge I came game to a game. Yep. Yeah, yep. man. There we go. Yeah. So yeah. what's what's that look like for you guys coming in and like, yeah. especially being from another church, coming in and obviously we probably do ministry a little bit different. It's a different context, mm-hmm. you know, even size uh, and all of that. Like, what's that like for you guys coming in and seeing? Yeah, I mean, Mikey and I jokingly, and this sounds so shallow, but we're like, everyone's so nice here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, we were talking about that in the car. The other yeah, because they they were okay. So we were driving back from lunch, yeah. and the oncoming cars in the other lane were flashing their brights. Oh um, yeah, and I look over, and I it, and Mikey just had this like kind of confused. He's like, like, "What is happening?" And, and then the next few cars did that, and I was like, "Oh, they're letting you know that mm. most likely it's a cop up there." And he's that blew my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was joking that like in the Northwest. Uh, they don't do that hoping you will get pulled over. <laughs> yeah. Like they pull them yeah, and be like, oh, yeah, see this you, guy yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We just wait. Yeah. So, so that, that's nice. a different people are, are super nice. Um, again, I think the, the, the Ozark area, the Lake of the Ozark area, just that idea that it's a vacation, like a destination spot. 
I think it poses some really interesting, intriguing kind of challenges. So as I'm here, I'm like, ooh, what would I do here? What would we do that? And uh, the size of buildings and the private, I mean, the, the nerdy stuff, the, the yeah. stuff that probably people listening don't really care about. But I'm fascinated by that, um, the challenges of, of ministering in a in kind of a destination area. Yeah. I think it's cool. And I think with every challenge, there's an invitation. Ooh. And so it's like, Lord, what are you inviting us into? And I think the, I, as I've been spending some time thinking about it, I think the opportunity is it can be a training ground to release people out beyond the Ozarks. So you could imprint your DNA. Is it sticky enough? Is it memorable enough? Is it portable enough to influence people in such a way so that when they go back to where they come from, up north or yeah. west or west or south, um, they're carrying the DNA um, and it makes a real difference. So that That's that good. that is what excites me about what you guys are doing here. Yeah. That possibility. Mikey, I don't know. What are you saying? No, I mean, are you, gooey gooey you, cake. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. No, I mean, like, I actually was going to say kind of what what you said, but um, basically, like, from an outside perspective, looking in on your church, you guys have the unique ability to train people for nine months, ten months before summer hits to then be missional for those like intense intensely missional for three months um you know you can be missional throughout the year but you guys have the unique opportunity to to train and then send here locally which for us like you know we don't have any tourists that really come into vancouver it's like Mm -hmm. we do a ministry all year round and then we send people out to do mission work to get their feet wet for missions but you guys really can just send people to the lake and you're like okay mission field um, and so that's really cool. Is you guys have the the ability to to maybe switch your your um, philosophy of ministry to how do we train these people until the summer, and now let's go do it. Um, and so it's been really cool to see that. Like, oh, what opportunities do they have? Do you guys have as a church to really step foot into the missional world in in the summertime? Yeah, because there's so many things like so down in Camdenton, which you know, like. Uh, Osage and Lake Ozark, that's our Jerusalem. Okay. And then Eldon and Camdenton's our Judea Samaria type, you know, mm-hmm. then the remotest parts, right? So Camdenton has the Ozark Amphitheater. It's a big outdoor amphitheater. They bring concerts in. Every weekend. Um, yeah, every weekend. Down on the Strip, they call it Hot Summer Nights, where it's car shows or bike shows and uh, boat races. Mm-hmm. You know, boat races here are huge. We had, they said there was one grandma that took her pontoon to like 110 miles an hour <laughs> on the water. Just, it sounds like the most Midwest thing I've ever heard. Oh, it totally is. Like if you got a boat and you want to see how fast it goes, let's go. do it. Yeah. And and they've broke a few records yeah. down here. Like they're go, they're getting after it. Wow. 244 is the set record. Well, two, no. On a boat. On a boat. Yeah. yeah. And they're like so fast. And it's intense. Oh, there's a couple of people that have died. On the, yeah, you know, that doesn't sound sick. Yeah, at all. <laughs> and then, you know, so th- those are some of the things that has happened in the community for it. But yeah, just vacations coming to the lake. Ooh, we hear 15 up to 20 million people come to the lake as a whole mm-hmm. every summer. Mm-hmm. And in between those few months. And it's like, it really is this like three month mission trip mm-hmm. that we just have to go out in our back door. Mm-hmm. But to think about like, how can we be strategic into it? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so it's definitely... Because I'm a transplant, I I, yeah. I grew up north of Kansas City, um, and so the lake's a little bit different. Probably not as a big of adjustment from like a Tucson, Arizona to Arizona. yeah Pacific Northwest. But jumping into there, like me and my wife were just kind of talking when we first came. It's like, look, we need to see a couple summers and how this yeah. and it's like, okay, now how could we as a church step into some of this? You know what else I'm seeing too that that I'm excited. And again, only been here a couple of days, yeah. but talked with a number of people. 
uh, you see a lot of people retire here in the area. Uh-huh. And so with that, uh, an invitation could be, you have a lot of people who, um, who mature in their faith, who are, are, who are, you know, empty nesters and who have practiced financial responsibility and other just areas of good stewardship in general. Yeah. So you, what really the invitation there is you have an influx of wisdom and then you have, you know, young families raising up kids, middle schoolers, high schoolers. Uh, it, it seems like a lot of young adults leave the area to go to school and pursue careers, but you do have a window of time where you have what Paul was telling Timothy, you have the old men training up the young men and the potential for the older women to train up the young ladies. I think you have a higher concentration of mature believers who just because they're retiring, they're choosing to retire yeah. here in the area. And I think that's really cool. That's cool. So seeing like some kind of and this could exist, I don't know, but like an intentional mentoring, mentorship, you know, alongside of the of the life groups, I think that's really, really powerful. Nice. That we probably wouldn't have that yeah. in our area. You know, no, that's good. People don't typically retire there. <laughs> <laughs> that's where he's retiring. He's already told me. He's going. No. <laughs> we'll see you in 30 years. 30 years. 20. 15. Well, probably 50. There we go. That's if I get to retire. Yeah. <laughs> What is, um, I'm interested just selfishly how you answer this question, Mm. uh, because it was really cool for us when we, when we came up last year Mm -hmm. to see what you guys were doing similarly, but also different, um, than, than what we would do here. Mm -hmm. Um, if there was one thing that you could take back to, to Crossroads or back to Vancouver, what would it be? It's Pastor Mikey. Gabe's going to make sure Pastor Mikey goes back. Yeah. No, you gotta go back. Gosh, what I love and, and Mikey, you know, I'm sure you have one, but right out of the gate, I love how willing you guys are to try new things. Mm-hmm. You know, Pastor Daniel always says like a smaller church is kind of like a speedboat. You can make quick turns. You can accelerate quickly, which this analogy fits with what he is saying. Maybe not 244 miles an hour. Let's go. On a five, <laughs> 200. 200. Maybe 200. So you guys are uh, more nimble. Yeah. You're more agile. Um, um, and so I think that, that there's a lot of opportunity there. For us, Crossroads is a giant cruise liner. And if I tried to maneuver the way you guys do, I'm going to make a lot of people sick and I'm going to lose people overboard. Ooh. And so what I want, it, what I want to take with me is the willingness to take risks. Like for example, maybe folks watching or listening to this don't know, last night we're like, let's try a whole new format. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, sounds good. Uh, <laughs> I didn't <laughs> know how wrong. I, right. I didn't know yeah. how that was going to roll. Yeah. But you guys are really quick to implement ideas. And I think for us, we have to be a little more calculated. We had yeah. to go things a little bit slower yeah. because it is a, a large, just a large vessel. Yeah. And and, uh, and even the tenure of Crossroads there in the area, you know, with the founding pastor. Yeah. Bill Ritchie. Bill Ritchie. You know, for 40 years. Like, yep. That's a tenure of ministry. Yeah. Next year is 50 years. Yeah. We yeah. just celebrated last year 30. 30. Yeah. Uh, but, so, you know, we were, the history of Calvary Chapel Lake of the Ozarks was, you know, it started in, in a living room and then it was little storefronts. It was always kind of a smaller 100, 150 yeah. for most of its time. Yeah. You know, a lot of what we're seeing now is a little bit more current type of a okay. thing. So yeah. it's always been a little bit smaller like that. Cool. So, I mean, I want to hear Mikey's answer yeah, for you, but then I, ha- I have a question for you guys. Oh, uh, well, you can go ahead. For, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what I wanted to ask was, because uh, Mikey and I were talking about this. So a lot of people, again, listening to this, don't know that the average church size is less than 50 people. That's what the average church size is. You guys are much bigger than 50 people. Um, one of the hardest growth barriers statistically is to get north of 150 mm-hmm. or 200 in that range. It's super hard to get through that. It takes 
And Elon Musk talks about this, like with rockets and yeah. escape velocity and how much fuel you burn to get through the atmosphere. So for you guys, what would you attribute the, what was like the turning point that got you past that growth barrier? Because there's, there's more than 200 people here. Yeah. Um, what did you do right? What worked? Go ahead and take that away. Because I have been, as again, we've been listening, the average yeah. church yeah. is less than 50 people. So what we have at Crossroads at five to 7,000 yeah. is is an abnormality. It's, yeah. it's oh. not normal. Yep. Yeah. But I think people think it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it isn't. Yeah. You, we look at the stats of it, like even to be a thousand member, you're in the top 2%. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you're, you're even higher than that in like the single digits mm-hmm. of percentage. Um, I don't know if there really was like a massive strategy mm-hmm. by any means. Um, I, we can call it what it is. I kind of came into a lot of brokenness, mm-hmm. a lot of hurt, mm-hmm. a lot of wounding. Mm-hmm. And so the first couple of years was really just putting pressures on wounds, mm-hmm. healing, um, I, I remember we had, a, a a couple in the church and they set up in a meeting with me and they was going to be the, um, Hey, we love you, but there's so much hurt from this church. We're going to have to leave. I didn't know that they, I thought that we were just going to meet and talk and, and I didn't know what it was going to be about. But by the end of the meeting, they were like, Nope, we're staying. And they're still here to this day, <laughs> you know? So, so going from one side of, we were ready to leave the church and that's what this meeting was to be about. And I asked them, I said, well, what? what changed and and for me even though some of that hurt and burn wasn't a reflection of me because it was it was bn before nick mm-hmm. right yeah. <laughs> sorry um insider term yeah it's a term there before nick but i took ownership of it there you go and i said I, i'm now the senior pastor mm-hmm. and so i i have to take that that heritage good bad and ugly and so but this is where we're going and so i think this kind of casting vision of I know that might have happened, mm-hmm. but my goal is that it wouldn't continue. Yeah. So trying to have a little bit of vision there. Um, and so I think the solid ministry in that, uh, my wife, she would hate this, oh. you know, but she is so personable. Mm. Like she really rounds uh, me out mm-hmm. well, like, um, and she has such great discernment mm-hmm. and a heart for ministry. We did youth ministry together. And so just coming home and having somebody to like bounce things off of mm-hmm. before we really had like kind of a staff because mm-hmm. again, the transition and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she was, she was uh, huge for me internally just to be able to come home. And cause there was a lot of that. Like I'd come home and like, what are we doing? What am mm-hmm. I like? Let's go back. You know, like I'm sure I could make a call and we could go back. And mm-hmm. there was a little bit of that. Um, but I think just taking ownership and then just trying to be real uh, steady in the pulpit, mm-hmm. you know? So we came in, um, when, uh, we finished up Philippians, they were already kind of in the middle of it and they were alternating, uh, two teaching guys that weren't on staff. They were just kind of filling a role mm-hmm. in the gap. And so for me to come in and just like consistently, here we are. So we finished up Philippians and I started Matthew mm-hmm. and it's like, let's just start with the gospel, walk through it. it took a year and a half, but just that I've ever, <laughs> <laughs> but just having that consistency, I think was more the key. And then. Uh, I, I think the other, the third thing that I would bring up is uh, life groups it was a huge thing where um, having having a little bit of that discipleship, fellowship, our style of life groups, I would be very reminiscent mm-hmm. of North Coast with, mm-hmm. yeah. um, uh, what's his name, Larry Osborne. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we always want to do a service project and a social project. Mm-hmm. So trying to get the church out. And we told all the life group leaders, even from the very beginning, like, 
you can't come to the church, mm-hmm. paint the bathrooms, or like you have to be in the community. So even from its it, it, my tenure of starting, like wanting to be in the community and serving and working. So I think just like trying to be solid on a Sunday morning, life groups, um, and then just really taking ownership for some wounds that I didn't cause. There you are. But it's like, hey, I get to step in and try to bring healing to it. Okay. I think has been, and then honestly, like uh, the board too. That's a lot of thing. I think sometimes the normal congregational member wouldn't maybe necessarily see. Yeah. But really bringing a lot of health and structure and systems to the board so that they're operating well yeah. and having so we we absolutely leveled up that. Seems like the board is very stable, very visible. Yes. There's a there's a clear board structure. I think your staff too. Yeah. You know, you had key key people and you have great staff. Yeah. And the uniqueness of us too, like I I was on a Zoom call this morning with Compassion International. Mm-hmm. She's like, hey, tell me about the church and different things like that. And when I told her, I was like, well, you know, I've been here going on my fourth year, so I'm still mm-hmm. kind of new. I'm not like the, oh yeah, we've had him for a decade, but uh, I have tenure mm-hmm. as staff, as, full, as full-time staff. And that's a unique mm-hmm. kind of thing where it's like all the other staff have, are less than so being the, the newish senior pastor and then all the staff like you're the new old guy i'm the new old guy yeah it is it's crazy so like that's that's unique where um some behind the scenes stuff it's not like me and Gerard have been doing ministry for 10 years like we're still you know understanding what makes us tick and ticks us off mm, you know sure. and but when you have six full-time staff and we're all newish you know we don't have a long long standing you know, kind of relationships in that, like there's a uniqueness to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and we're getting through it. It's working out. It's hard. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you say? Man, that's weird. Cause when I came in, I, I will have been here three years in August. Okay. So I came just after that barrier broke. I would say so. You know, just, just shy of that. Um, and so for me, I, I think I have a little bit of a more unique perspective um, so I was at a previous church here mm-hmm. at, in, in the area. So I've been doing ministry here in the Lake area for 11 years now. Um, and so, uh, I think one of the things is, is just, um, uh, when you show up to Calvary, mm. um, whether you agree theologically, um, with us or not, there is a very clear, you know, what you're going to get. Mm. Um, and I think people coming to Calvary have come from other churches mm-hmm. um, that have caused hurt mm-hmm. and injury or other Christians mm-hmm. or, you know, painting broad brush. Um, or they came because they've tried every other church in the Lake area and we were the last one for them mm-hmm. to try. Um, and so uh, that, and then just consistency, yeah. uh, just mm-hmm. being consistent and knowing what we say from the pulpit we actually mean and we stand by and that sounds so funny to say but in our culture it's it's almost the unicorn Mm -hmm. um and then and i know this is going to sound so christianese um but my wife and i were talking about this the other day nick and i've talked about this a lot in meetings um i think a lot of one the burst through that that bubble um, and then the continued growth that we've had is 100% a movement. Like it's a supernatural Come on. of the Lord. Right, um, because we sit and we go, what is God doing? Yeah. Like, and then honestly, and not from a self-righteous, but from a, a we, we are broken yeah. vessels. Why in the world would mm-hmm. the Lord 
want to use us to reach people. Mm -hmm. And so to sit back and really just go, I don't know what is going on. We've said hard things that usually are hot topic, very, very um, cutting kind of things. It's like, hey, this is where we stand because this is what scripture says. Like we believe in life Mm -hmm. um, and we're unapologetic Mm -hmm. for it. And if you've had an abortion, we love you and there's grace for you, but we are going to stand for life. And it's like Mm -hmm. that next week, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for the emails that are coming this week. And I can't wait to see how many people leave Calvary. It's like the next week we had 20 new people. And it's like, okay. And so many people are sharing the message like, oh, I have somebody and a cousin or somebody that I sent the message to. They really need to hear this. They're knowing they're pregnant and they're on the fence or something. Like we were getting a few of those emails. Well, knowing that, I think that that's wise. And if you know that the message is connecting with people, then they, one of the other things that you guys have done right is you, you do a really good job repackaging content. Mm-hmm. And so like the breakdown, the show, I think getting taken online, uh, socials, like let's get the word out because if you make it shareable, yep. like people will share it, you yep. know, and, and it's people take pride in that and they're getting it out there. And so they're, they're spreading the word. It's cool. Yep. And let's call it what it is. And it helps when you have a bald pastor. Hey, <laughs> helps. No, it doesn't. Not at all. So. I'm going to speak. I have a friend that loves the Lord um, as a core guy here. And every once in a while, he'll, because he, his emotions will get him, he'll be like, can I speak in the vernacular? So there's going to be like a half vernacular. Love it. Love it. Half a one. So when we talk about like, hey, you know, what are you attributing either growth to? And obviously there are certain things we do. And it kind of fits even with what you've said. Like we can illustrate the word, mm-hmm. spirit illuminates it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's not 100% just all, uh, on us, yeah. But we have to prep, you know. Mm-hmm. And and God's not going to work through us if we're going to be lazy and apathetic. Like yeah. it, you know, we we are. He leads, but we're trying to follow Him. And as the Spirit is leading, you know, walk with the Spirit. So, uh, but when I think about like you, the that mentality of like, what is God doing with us? Mm-hmm. I heard this story, uh, and I've I retold it one time on a Sunday morning that. He's like, you know, sometimes it, it can be really easy for us to become prideful mm-hmm. and think it's about us. Yeah. Even me and my wife will go on walks and that's like the number one question she'll ask me when it's just me and her. Nick, how's your pride? Mm-hmm. Do you think this is happening because of you? Whoa. And so that's a hard question. Dang. Holy Spirit. So I quit going on walks with my wife. I just quit. I, I'm done. To each other yeah. more. Yeah. And so, and, and this guy was talking about the triumphal entry of Jesus. You know, he's walking in, everybody's laying down their coats and the palm branches, they're all shouting out Hosanna. Mm-hmm. You know, there could have been a small part that the donkey mm-hmm. thought it was about. Oh, you know, like, look at all these people. Don't, be you know, they're, they're, they're shouting my name. It's not my name, but whatever. And the guy said, you know, we just have to understand that we're just the jackass that gets <laughs> to carry Jesus into the world. So I have one verse, he's like, that's my favorite sermon is when you say that for the state. (laughs) But so every time we kind of look at each other and think, what is God doing? It's like, I just carry Jesus into the world. That's my role. Mm -hmm. It's a donkey. So it's powerful. It's good. Uh, You've traveled a lot, Mikey, you know, leading at a lot of uh, churches. I mean, what would you take from here? What you've seen in the last couple of days? And have you thought about it? I wanted to get back to that because I'm always curious. Yeah. I mean, on nothing that has to do with worship, actually. I mean, (laughs) I think think one of the things that you guys are doing with bringing Pastor Gabe and I in that I think we actually have gotten away from um, is we used to bring guest speakers in quite often. Uh, We used to bring guest worship leaders in quite often. Uh, and I actually think it would be good for us to get back to bringing people in who have different perspectives 
and maybe a little bit further even ahead than us as Crossroads um, to give us perspective and see where we need to grow and change. And so you guys bringing us in was like, oh man, actually we need to be doing this and we haven't done this in years. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, for me, I'm, I mean, it's super humble. It's super, um, like if you guys have a growth mindset because of, of what you're doing and I'm like, we need to get back to that. So, so yeah, that's what I'm taking away is like, cool. we need to start having more people come in. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I like it. Um, that's even humbling right there. Just to think like, what would you take from Calvary? And they're like, uh, they bought some cool coffee and serendipity. Like, just take that, you know, like, that might be take that. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, the fun thing for me, as you guys have come in, um, from a leadership side is for me personally, it's been fun to watch my senior pastor learned it and be okay with somebody else leading. Like yeah. that, that's, that's rivalness. Yeah. That trust, yeah. that humbleness. But two, it's, it's been cool. You guys, I think are afforded more grace sometimes than we are. And you mm-hmm. can, you can challenge the body and mm, yeah. the body more. Definitely. And so I came up to you on Sunday and was yeah. like, really guy adds to you like this is what you're going to start off with like tongues probably one of the more divisive things that we could talk yeah. about and i i we had people in the church that i know would theologically yeah differ than you yeah. about that um and hearing them say just so appreciate the way they yeah. handled that it's been fun from a leadership side cool. uh to sit back and go i don't know that nick would have said that mm. or i don't know that nick would have said it that way or mm. packaged it that way um but it probably needed to be said. Yeah. Um, not because we're afraid to say it, yeah. but I think a lot of times we just get in rhythms like, hey, we haven't done this in a while. Yeah. And so the rhythm is like, I know when I teach, mm-hmm. I, I am I am a vastly different flavor than Nick. Yeah. And, and I've told Nick to his face, like Nick is not my cup of tea as as a speaker. Mm. But I have And that to- is so encouraging. <laughs> From your number two yeah. guy. Yeah. You know, there we go. Yeah. You have yeah. to um if I only go to the people that I agree with. If I Let's go. go to the leaders that I like, yep. am I truly being challenged? Really? So what I'm afforded to week after week is to sit under somebody isn't my mm-hmm. necessary go-to mm-hmm. cup of tea, but it forces me to be challenged and pushed. Like, yeah. Should it like should have seen as a response when I told him we were going to go through the book of Revelation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, not only style, but then the buggy's like, are you serious right now? Like I knew for the, the amount of time it was going to take, yeah. I was going to have to preach once. Yeah. And then I preached twice. So in that in, book, in the book of Revelation. Heck yeah, baby. And I said, uh, if you make me preach in Revelation, I will quit. And he said, well, I'll take your resignation right now. Because I need, yeah. I know. At least what is. So, well, and you, and like, yeah, I talked on, uh, touched on it a little bit last night, like, if you only hang out with people that share your preferences, your preferences become biases. Ooh. And then you can't be changed with any new information that comes in. And so I, that, that's why I commend you yep. in that. It's like the Bible says iron sharpens iron. Yep. And so, you know, one man's countenance changes another. And so mm-hmm. we need that. Yeah. We, and I think that's really been good even in the conference, like outside of, uh, you know, what songs are we going to sing and, and what passage are we going to preach on? But even... Um, something I'm taking from you guys being here is the ministry moments and, and where we're not trying to manipulate a booth of the jury. Yeah, you can't yeah. manufacture it, but, but we can prepare and set up and give an opportunity for, I mean, even the disciples, they, Jesus told them, go to the upper room, wait. And what were they doing? They were in one accord and they were praying. 
there were some things that they needed to be doing and then the Holy Spirit came. And so for, for me seeing the ministry moments, mm-hmm. cause like you were, it was Sunday morning for service, you were leading worship. Uh, and pastor Gabe kind of leans over and he sees like, Hey, right there. See, Mike, you would be setting up a ministry moment. So if like second and third service, you want to, you know, it, it was just, it was really neat to see the intentionality where again, not manufacturing, yeah. it, but really creating space. Yeah. Creating space for mm-hmm. it. And for it uh, a little bit, that's the stretching that I've really appreciate of the body was, you know, we opened up the altars, had people come forward to praying, um, people crying, yes, praying, and, and anointing people. <laughs> I'm just going to lead people and pray for other people. And, I'm crying. and then the next night having like, okay, now we're going to pray for each other. And so if you see a hand up, just turn around, put a hand on, don't need the whole story, just pray. Sure. Um, and then even what we're talking about, some of the things for tonight, which we won't disclose just so uh, we keep it a little, you know. Exactly right. Yeah. But just to think through like, you know, and these are good things. Like sometimes we can get into our rhythms and we need an outside perspective to say, hey, we do a few things this way Mm -hmm. and it really provides. And for it to be a conference um, kind of allows us a lot of grace to do that. And so some of these, I think there's a lot that we've seen that we've done in the conference that you guys have brought for us that it's like, we need to put this in a regular rhythm. Mm, that's you know, cool. This is good. That it, that it can translate to Sundays. Yes. That's cool. You know, that a lot of that comes from Pastor Daniel and Pastor Mikey's background. They come from more of a charismatic background. And and uh, we honor, we hold the word in, in such high esteem. Um, but there are various spiritual disciplines that go beyond Bible reading. Yeah. There are things in James, you know, confess your sins to one another. Uh, that you may be healed. Yeah. So it's like, how do we do that at a, in a corporate level? How do we yeah. practice... That's the confession is an ancient spiritual practice. And I don't mean to freak anyone out with language. Let's go. Um, Praying for one another. So I think as leaders, it's our responsibility to to, to raise the spiritual temperature in Mm. whatever room we're in. Mm. Because as the the leader goes, the the church follows. Mm. And so modeling that I think is important. And then you kind of divvy up the load of ministry. Yeah. People realize, well, yeah, I can be prayed for and I can practice vulnerability and confession. So I mean, I mean, would you, would you agree with that? Like making room for the, for the gifts is kind of a big season at Crossroads, what we're starting to see, mm-hmm. maybe say a little bit about exploring the gifts. For- yeah. I mean, I think, I think the, the thing that Western culture has the hardest time. And I said this, I think even on Sunday, that the, the hardest thing that Western culture has, uh, against them is they, we don't pause enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't just, just wait on the Lord enough. And I actually think that the people who are the most apprehensive towards maybe the Holy Spirit doing something wild, um, that if we just paused for 10, 10 minutes, five minutes, and we were just silent and still, that the Holy Spirit would begin to move even without us having to try to do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we're so distracted and want to go do the next thing and want to, you know, uh, when, you know what's the next bumper? Like even in a in a uh, Sunday service, like what's the next video? Okay, what's the next passage? Okay, when are we getting, doing, uh, you know, having lunch after this? Uh, but just taking a moment to just pause, the Holy Spirit get begins to move naturally, anyways. Um, and so, I, yeah, I think for exploring the gifts, I mean, what we're doing on Wednesday nights is is we're doing a lot of waiting, a lot of just we have like you know sitting. Too. Yeah, a lot of people think mm-hmm. prayer is talking. Yeah, yeah, a lot of just waiting on the Lord. Yeah, and saying Holy Spirit speak. Yeah, and then you know, okay, well, now what is what is He saying to encourage us after you know we wait? So. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be some of that tonight for sure. No, I love that because, you know, one of the, the struggles that can happen, um, like what you were even saying, we could surround ourselves with people that we that we like and we'd never challenge ourselves with people that think differently, is there, there's one uh, pitfall that we could gift project. Mm. 
everybody else needs my giftings and we want to like, absolutely, you know, we gift project, you need to be like me. And, and the discipleship is no, you need to be like Jesus. Yeah. And, and your giftings might be different than my giftings. Mm-hmm. And, but if we never provide a space for other people to explore that, are we inhibiting ways that they could connect to the father? Mm-hmm. You know, Larry Osborne kind of talks about, you know, we all have the, the house rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he used the example of a father and, and him and his brother. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like that under me. So I'm a dad and I have four kids. All four of my kids have house rules that they all have to abide by. Mm-hmm. And, and there are certain things that me and my son connect about. But to think of the audacity he could have to look at his little sisters and say, hey, if you want to connect with dad, this is the way to do it. Oh, wow. And it's like, so then my daughters would be like, but I'm not musical or I'm not witty or I don't like these certain kind of movies. Like, how can I ever connect with dad? Mm. And it's like, we connect in different ways, but one of the dangers is we could gift project. Mm -hmm. But if we as leaders really want the body to connect to the father, like we have to be okay with that might not be my gifting, Mm -hmm. but it is somebody's. And, and, but if I'm orchestrating and if I'm leading uh, too white knuckle to prevent that, a space for that, like I'm actually inhibiting someone's connection to the Lord instead of providing a space for it. And so the challenge for me has been that to really, even to the point of just sitting off to the side, let go. Like other people have giftings too, other people, and they're not my giftings and that's okay to provide a space for that. And so if you're, if you, you know, somebody's listening to this and they're like, well, that was kind of weird in the conference. Good. Mm. That just might not be the way that you connect to the father. Like I'm sure my daughters look at me and my son, you know, being really sarcastic and think how, like, this sounds like they're mad at each other. Like they, they haven't said an encouraging word. And it's like, well, it's sarcasm, honey, yeah, you know, yeah. but that's how we connect. But just because you don't connect that way, doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. And we need to have space. I need to, you know, so for me as the father with my daughters, I need to provide space for them to connect with them, mm-hmm. how they feel connected to me. And so that's been the challenging thing for me is like, I need to kind of less white knuckle this and provide rhythms and space for where else are and you're dealing with limitations time constraints oh. space constraints so it, it is challenging <laughs> yeah for sure there are challenges fellas yeah it's been an hour it's been, oh wow that four minutes wow hour three look at that so this went by quick because i didn't have to talk that much i loved it <laughs> Normally he just says a question and I gotta go. There you go. Yeah, so yeah. Um, seriously, thank you guys. Thank honored you for honored sitting in on the podcast. Thanks for for coming down and pouring in to to us as pastors for pouring mm-hmm. into our church. Um, I would I would uh, just kind of end cap it with you know probably most people are going to be watching that are from Calvary Chapel. Yep. you know what I mean. Yep. that's most of it. Uh, if you're looking for like supplemental Bible teaching. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, admit it. Like, I highly recommend checking out Crossroads Community. Yeah, crossroadschurch.net. Yeah, thank you. So, definitely check out Crossroads on all social media platforms. Go the number two. Yeah, Crossroads. Yes, very good. So, definitely check those out. I don't know if we could tag them or something like that. So, there we go. See, I love my pay grade. I don't know. Show notes? Video description, show notes. And if I might do a plug to uh, some people were asking about the the song we were singing, but you can listen to the responding. So you can listen to Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you listen to music to the responding and you'll find our worship music. We'll put we'll that cool. yeah. in the show notes. Oh, but good. fellas, thank you again. Very yeah. much. Thank you guys so much for watching, for listening. Do us a favor. It's a new season. 
Uh, if you haven't subscribed on your favorite podcasting platform, uh, we would love for you to do that. If you rate uh, and review the show, it just helps us get noticed and spread the gospel um, and the word of God to the the, the ends of the earth. Um, uh, feel free to share it with a friend, a family member, coworker, whatever you want. But we're going to wrap up today's episode with Pastor Gabe and Pastor Mikey. Next week, it's back to the boring and the day. Oh, Pastor Gabe, Pastor in Genesis. We're kicking off Genesis. Let's go. Oh, yeah. So it'll be great. But we'll see you guys back here next week as we kick off Genesis. Thanks so much for watching or listening. We'll see you guys next week. See you guys.